Now this morning I want to share with you that a few weeks ago our pastor said these words. You'll remember it, pastor. It says, God's word is a package deal. And that we, we take seemingly hard stuff with all the seemingly not so hard stuff. Right? The easy stuff. So can I, can I say this to you this morning? The word is, this morning is part of the package. Amen. Are you ready? The message is titled, His Purpose. Turn to your neighbor and say, His Purpose. <clears throat> I want to admit this morning I'm usually challenged by this word. I shared it with you, Uncle, Uncle Kev, yesterday. I'm hugely ch- challenged by this word, and I stand here walking a journey of repentance myself. His word shines a light in the dark places of our hearts and reveals truth. Amen? Time to clear out some stuff that is of no benefit, which, had, which takes up space, which could be occupied with more of Him. Amen? His purpose is for the kingdom of God to be established here on earth in the hearts and minds of His people. You and I get to participate in His plan and His purpose this morning. Amen? Can can I get an amen? Is there somebody that's excited about that this morning? You see, church, there's a difference and there's a cost to this. His plan and His purpose is a privilege and it is a privilege to be used by him but Jesus serves as our example Jesus we sang about him the entire morning this morning Jesus is our example he is the example that we are to follow studying him learning from him emulating him following him is what we are to do amen let me ask you this morning, who are, who are the disciples of Jesus Christ? Come on. Come on, it's okay. It's, it's okay. <clears throat> now, I'm not talking about who considers themselves to be Christian. I'm referring to being a disciplined follower of Christ. You see, church, there is a difference in calling ourselves and identifying as a Christian and being a disciple. What I'm here to share with you this morning is a window into the mindset of Christ and establishing and building kingdom. He's intense. Turn to your neighbor and say, Jesus is intense. How many of us know that according to today's culture and standards, that Jesus would be considered quite an intense personality. And I sometimes wonder as the church in today's culture, if he he was a guest speaker, just think about it. Just just go there. Just go imagine this. If he was a guest speaker, would he be invited back? Jesus. Jesus is not woke, eh? <laughs> he says it like it is. Sure. We want to only hear the nice things that makes, makes places or, or place less of a demand on us. 
place less of a responsibility on us as disciples. Amen? Where we, are, where we acquire the knowledge, but don't necessarily feel the need to take responsibility ourselves for what it requires. Turn to your name and say, this is part of the package. <clears throat> Brothers and sisters, there is a, there's a cost difference. Cost difference. We are to count the cost and avoid being casual. Where we are half and half. In, out. In, out. It's a package deal. Have you, have you, have you got a pay-as-you-go contract? Have you got a pay-as-you-go contract? This is not that. <laughs> With Jesus, it's all in. Let me tell you a story about little Johnny. Does anybody know who Johnny is? Everybody's got a Johnny. Eh? So Johnny, Johnny is seven years old. Every night he falls out of bed. Every night. For like months. And every night Johnny knocks his head. Knocks his head. And after a while he gets really frustrated. Why is this happening? Why am I falling out of bed? And I knock my head, I, 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 get, I get dumpies. Why am I falling out of bed? So he, he approaches his dad and his dad, he asks his dad the question, Dad, why am I falling out of bed? His dad looks at him and says, Johnny, I've noticed the reason why you fall out of bed is because you're not in your bed all the way. Is that us this morning? It's all in. The mission and our purpose is of internal importance. We have, have we counted the cost? Because there is one. I'm not talking about perfection this morning, so don't get me wrong. I'm not talking about perfection, as God knows we are not. Only He is. I'm also not saying that we won't mistakes, because why do we have repentance? Why do we have, the, why do we have repentance available to us? It's not about that. Let me share the word with you. Let me, let me tell you. Let me show you what I mean. Have you got your Bibles with you this morning? Now I want you to page with me. Make notes. Because we're going to move quite quickly this morning. Is that okay? <clears throat> Matthew 16 verse 24. Just tell me when you're there. If you don't have it in front of you, it will come up on the screen. <clears throat> then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? I want you to just underline this. Jesus says, if you want to follow me, it's optional. If you want to. Can I, can I see by show of hands this morning, who wants to follow Jesus? Now understand this is if. This is optional. Firstly, 
Because he knows there's a cost attached to following him. The first point I want to make this morning is that if we want to follow Jesus, we are to deny ourselves. But what does that mean? Turn to your neighbor and say, what does that mean? What does it mean to deny ourselves? It means, Gretchen, I'm thinking about Wolf now. He would remind us of this. It means that we, would, we surrender our rights. So point number one this morning, that we surrender our rights. And here are a few examples of what it means to deny ourselves. Example number one. We give up the right to live by our own set of rules. You want to know, you know, you want to know where, where you find that? John chapter 14, verse 23 and 24. Make notes this morning. The second right that we forego is the right to understand God's plan before we obey Him. Do you remember Abraham? He went. Didn't know. He went. Third one. We forgo the right to our own comforts. Where do we find that? Are you making notes, church? Luke chapter 9, verse 57 and 58. We even surrender our right to be honored and served. Where do we find that? Mark chapter 10, verse 42 to 45. We give up the right to complain. Oh my goodness, this is like an Olympic sport. Or seemingly. We give up the right to complain. Hmm. You know what else we give up? We give up the right to rebel against authority. Where do we find that? 1 Peter 2 verse 13 to 15. What else do we give up? We give up the right to put ourselves first. Philippians 2, verse 3 and 4. Are you keeping up, church? Have you got it? Just about. The sword is mightier than the pen, eh? <laughs> we give up the right to a good reputation. Because how many of us know when you say, I am with Jesus... Your reputation goes out the window. Hmm? You give up that right. Matthew 5 verse 11. You know what we else we give up a right to? To hold a grudge. You can say amen. <laughs> Colossians 3 verse 13. And so on. And so on. And so on. These are just some of the rights that we forgo to be called followers of Christ. Are we still in church? Are we still in the bed? Deep? We're not going to fall out? <laughs> wow. Intense. You might say, Kirk, but this is understood and acknowledged but let me ask you, church, where are we in practice and in application of these principles in our lives? 
not by show of hands. Let's count the cost together. Turn with me in your Bibles to Luke chapter 9, verse 51. I want you to see an incredible story. It's still giving. Are you there? Luke chapter 9, verse 51. This is what it says. Now it came to pass when the time had come for him to be received up, that he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem and sent messengers before his face. And as they went, they entered a village, village of the Samaritans to prepare for him. Are you getting the picture? Are you following? But they did not receive him because his face was set for the journey to Jerusalem. And when his disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them, just as Elijah did? Sure, that's harsh, eh? But he turned and rebuked them and said, You do not know what manner of spirit you are of. For the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And they went to another village. Now it happened as they journeyed on the road that someone said to him, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Do you hear the comfort issue? When we follow Jesus, there's no comfort. We forgo the right to comfort. Amen. Then he said to another, follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and, and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury the, their own dead. But you go and preach the kingdom of God. And another also said, Lord, I will follow you. But let me first go and bid them farewell who are at my house. But Jesus said to him, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Jeez, it's intense. Hey, Jesus is intense. Sure. First point we made earlier is that we surrender our rights if we want to follow Jesus. The second point I want to share with you this morning is that we cannot allow ourselves to be distracted We cannot allow ourselves to be distracted from our purpose. There's no room for distractions. Turn to your neighbor and say, there's no room for distractions. I want you to take, take that passage of scripture this morning and just highlight these words. Steadfastly set his face. Steadfastly set his face. Let's draw on the example of Jesus. We are to set our face on the mission and purpose we have been called to. Let's do this exercise this morning. I want you to look at me. Can you focus on me? Your head focused at me. And then I want you, with your head pointed at me, look to the corner of the room. Just pick any corner. Right? Pick the next corner. 
Now I want you to turn your face towards the corner. What's more, what's more comfortable? Eh? When you set your face, when you shift your attention, when you move from what you're focused on to the place, a new place of focus. That's more comfortable, so it happens easier. That's much easier. Are you with me, church? Jesus is the example here in that he was so focused on the mission that his face was set towards the goal. So I want to say to you this morning, as Gretchen, you shared this morning, set your face. Set your face on the goal. Do not allow yourself to be distracted. Keep your eyes fixed. Fixed on Jesus. So Jesus gets to Samaria and they don't receive him because he wasn't going to stay there. He, was, he, had, he had plans to go to Jerusalem. Isn't it funny, and you see it play out in, in society today, in culture today, that as soon as you can't ask the, answer the question, what's in it for me? What can I get from you? And how, how quickly room is not made for Jesus. No time for that. Anyway, James and John makes me laugh. I mean, they, they really make me laugh. And doesn't it accurately depict what is playing out in culture today? So, so the Samaritans don't receive Jesus. John and James's first reaction is, let's blow them up. They say, Lord, do you want us to pray for fire to consume them? I first thought to myself, Jesus, this is a disproportionate response. There was no room, so let's blow them up. There's no room for Jesus in our school, so let's blow them up. I didn't get the response I wanted from someone. Let's blow them up. Isn't it disproportionate? The punishment doesn't fit the crime. Sure. No room. Okay, okay, Lord. Let's blow them up. Isn't it what's happening today? Just because my expectations were not met, I'm now going to blow you up. Where's my phone? I'm going to unfriend you. You're going to feel that in your ear. <laughs> One, two, three, block you. <laughs> I am so offended by you. What you said, what you did, what you didn't do, you don't understand how you have hurt me. I'm now going to leave the church. Brothers fighting brothers. Parents and kids not talking. My rights have been encroached upon. I have a right to be offended. We have to grow, church. We have to grow. Like in up. 
you, you heard me, this is the package deal. Eh? <laughs> we, have, we have to grow up and mature. I remember when I was a kid, when we fight with our friends. Now you can imagine Karl Futter and his strat. The fight with our friends, you would walk up to your friend and, and say, Bats. Do you remember that? Bats. And then if you want to be a friend again, you say, Friends with your pinky. <laughs> Are we still doing it? Can we leave it to the kids? Can we leave it to the kids, church? <clears throat> I'm no longer your friend. Here's my pinky, friends. <clears throat> With the advent of social media, it seems as though watching others closely has become a spectator sport with live commentary. Ah, did you see what they did? What they said? What they posted? Ooh, did you see that? See what's happening in their family? Ooh, not good enough. Gretchen, the, the voices. Not good enough. Not handsome enough. Not pretty enough. Not spiritual enough. Have you heard that one? They did not live up to my expectation of what it means to be a Christian. We see things on social media that takes us down a rabbit hole. <clears throat> Apart from the obvious, we are baited and it soon, be and it soon becomes distracting. Looks right, sounds right, and aligns to the Word of God. But it can also keep you distracted from what you need to do right here, right now. We are far too comfortable to talk about others, criticizing them, and pointing out how much better we are than they are. Maybe not in so many words, but it's implied. Distractions. Turn to your neighbor and say, distractions. Set your face. Set your face. Don't let yourself be distracted. Rise above petty differences. All these are distractions that turn our faces away from the goal. His purpose for our lives. Jesus rebukes John and James. Basically telling them, stay focused. Who are you? What's going on here? Stay focused. The next town will receive me. Next, Jesus tells them to follow me. But next, they tell him seemingly about reasonable and important things that they need to do. I mean, it's reasonable to bury your father, right? Jesus' response is intense. The third point I would like to make this morning is that if we want to follow Jesus, we are to prioritize His purpose in our lives. It's the same sensitive Jesus that cried for His friend Lazarus. It's the same Jesus moved by compassion in healing the sick and set, setting the captive free. It's the same Jesus. But when it came to kingdom, when it came to the goal, he was clear. 
crystal clear. This point is reaffirmed in the next passage of Scripture. Listen to this, church. Luke chapter 14, verse 25 to 30. Just say amen when you're there. Amen. Okay, you were there very quickly. <laughs> Luke chapter 14, verse 25. It says, Now great multitudes went with him, and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. What's the Afrikaans saying? Hey, magi pap dakan. Sure. For which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost whether he has enough to finish it lest after he has laid the foundation is not able to finish. All who see it begin to mock him saying this man began to build and was not able to finish. So you might ask Kirk Does Jesus mean that we are to hate our families if we want to follow him? Of course not. That's not what he's saying. That's not what he means. He means that our love for our families would look like hate when compared to the love we should have for him. Can I repeat that this morning? The love that we have for our families when compared looks like hate compared to the love we have for him sure he is a priority his purpose is a priority you know what declares that our obedience declares our love for him in our lives John chapter 14 verse 15 says if you love me keep my commandments can we bow our heads and close our eyes this morning restoration restoration realignment a coming back to this morning I believe this is a call to all of us to commit recommit to the pursuit of his purpose in our lives perhaps we are holding on to rights that we have are yet to surrender perhaps we have allowed distractions to turn our faces away from his purpose and that purpose and, that per- and perhaps some, t- some of us have reprioritized or even deprioritized His purpose in our lives. This call is for you and I. You might say, Kirk, the bar is set very high. I say to you this morning, if God can use a Moses, a murderer, who couldn't articulate himself, disobeyed him at the well 
if God could use a David, a murderer, an adulterer, a Paul who pursued God's people, murdered them, why not me and you? Why not me and you? All it requires of us this morning is our love fully in, expressed through obedience. So while you seated there this morning, God has been saying restoration. God has been saying realignment. God has been saying recommitment. We've come through a good few years of lots of and lots and lots of distraction. It's time to come back. Focus on his purpose. His plan. Now if there's anybody in the house this morning while the Holy Spirit has been speaking to you. I mean my I'm standing before you like I said at the beginning of the service. I'm standing and I'm repenting. I'm looking at my life and say, Jeez, I'm holding on to rights. That's you this morning. Don't you just want to stand? Say, Lord, recommitment. Commit for the first time. Fully in. Amen. Amen. And then you start praying. Say, Lord, this is me. Yes. Yes. Start praying. Start talking to Him. Lord, other things in my life have become more important. I reduce our relationship to what happens in my quiet time. What happens on a Sunday. Lord, I recommit your purpose and your plan. Your purpose and your plan. I cannot be your disciple while I hold on to all these other things. I want to be your disciple. I want to be your disciple. A disciplined follower of Christ. Right where you are, just speak to him. Say, Lord, I'm yours. I'm fully in. I'm fully in. Committed to your plan, to your purpose. I'm yours. Fully surrendered. Not distracted. Fully in. You are my priority. You are the priority in my life. Tell him. Tell him. Tell him there this morning. You are the priority in my life.